Have you ever heard of Bayou Beavers? Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Under the Cull of MS. Today we're going to be talking about some more Halloween related comics. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Victor Crowley's Hatchet Halloween Tales number two. Uh, well, volume two, but it's number one. It's basically a one shot from American Mythology Productions based on Adam Green's cult classic horror film franchise, Hatchet. It's Halloween in Honey Island Swamp again, a time when the ghosts of the dead roam freely and Victor Crowley must turn his rage against the minions of the underworld. We get three fun stories of All Hallows Eve in here. Uh, the first story is called Weed, but it has nothing to do with what you think it is by the name. It's basically a story about someone that had an experience with Victor Carley in his past and goes searching for Hatchet and has to beware of what he finds when he does come across them. There's a little cartoon PSA from Honey Island Swamp with your old pal Vic in here. Or Vic goes and Finds Hatch, Hatchet, Victor Crowley, and Hatchet's ready to chop him up. And he's like, dude, social distancing, as he's sitting there with his mask on. Hatchet acknowledges him, and you see a thing to remember to keep your distance. And then you see Hatch, Victor Crowley tosses Hatchet right at Vic. One little. Fun little PSA that they threw in here. Uh, second story is Dimitri Fought a Bear, which talks, it goes over a character that has hunted some huge big game uh, creatures from folklore and stuff like that. And he decides to go after Hatchet. And you can just imagine what comes to him and his video crew and all that stuff. And then there's a cartoony Witch Way to Honey Island Swamp with three witches going on about wanting to uh, get some stuff from Victor Crowley. And they go to the swamp to hunt them down and Got to read it see what all happens. You also got some other games in here, word fighting games and stuff like that. And lots of advertising materials, some sketch work and stuff. It was a really fun Halloween comic, and I'm hoping to come across the first one because I don't remember ever seeing it or reading it. Um, I'm going to talk about Hack and Slash versus Chaos. I have the first four issues of it. 
roughly Casey and Vlad are on the hunt for the legendary Drog Splitter Sword, which is the only thing that will be able to stem the return of every slasher they've ever killed. The only problem is the blade is in the possession of Purgatory. Meanwhile, Evil Ernie, Purgatory, and the Chosen are feeling the sting of betrayal, and they've put Casey and Vlad firmly on their shit list. Yeah, this is a fun little, uh, yeah, most if not, well, not all the Chaos characters are in here, but yeah, quite a few of them ganging up. Only thing I didn't really care for this, it's, this is written by Tim Seeley. I don't know how much of the Chaos stuff he's done, but the writing in here is, yeah, pretty juvenile, pretty shoddy. Uh, kind of seemed like it just <sighs> like yeah, identifies with characters, understands a little bit about them, but doesn't fully understand them. And the writing just I don't know, it kind of kind of ruins some of the story. But I the, the story it's still a good story to follow. Like I said, I got the first four. I don't know how many are in the series run. I'm guessing five or six. I was hoping this was all of them, but apparently not. So I got to find the final ones for it. Hopefully it'll end better than the early writing left us with. But yeah, even the artwork, uh, Rafael Labasco. I'm not big on like the evil Ernie look and stuff in here. Uh, Vlad's look in here is a little off. It's just, yeah, it's, I did like the story to an extent. I just wish they would have cleaned it up and put more time into it. Just seemed like this was something that came across Tim's desk and he pumped it out and pushed it on. Well, I don't know how that works out if he's I well we'll just go on to the next one and we'll, we got nail biter hack and slash. This is a one shot. This is nice because it's a flip book. But yeah two separate stories all relating together. And thankfully, I read the first, the right one first. Then I noticed that it was a flip book. And then it's like I didn't look at it well when I pulled it out of the packaging. I just started reading it. But uh, 16 of the world's worst serial killers were all born and raised in the same small town of Buckaroo, Oregon. The most famous of these killers was Edward Charles Warren. The nail biter. This is a story from before the world knew his dirty killer secret. And yeah, Casey and Vlad, they're hunting down, trying to find serial killers and take them out. And they come across the a couple characters in here. And they're basically not what you expect from seeing them. This one was well written. 
And Sealy is part of this one also, so it's I'm thinking Tim Sealy maybe does hack and slash, but I'm not positive. I got I'm gonna have to look into it. But uh I know I should research stuff before here, but I do spend a good hour or so trying to prep some things for the podcast, even though it doesn't sound like it. But uh in this one, I'll see what the synopsis for the other side of the comic says. Cassie Hack is the lone survivor of an attack by a slasher called the Lunch Lady, a slasher that happened to be her mother. Now she travels the world with her monstrous partner and friend Vlad, hunting down and destroying slashers wherever they find them. And you get to meet the lunch lady she's in hell she don't she's part of these this demon sect mass murdering sect and just she gets involved and Casey's after her as much as she is after the serial killers but just I really like the way they did this with the characters and changed them around Made you feel one character is one person, and it turns out a different character is another person. Yes. What you think you know in the beginning, you don't. And you get a whole whole different scenario from it as you read on. I don't want to ruin this because this was a really fun, fun hack and slash comic. And I just wish they would have took this much consideration into the hack and slash versus chaos. I know chaos is more fun and goofy-ish than the hack and slash, but it's they're both kind of fun characters in a way. Add a let Mr. Lemmy Kilmeister in. Sorry about that interruption. But yeah, so check those comics out. More fun for the Halloween season. And uh, here, let's get into a little spasticity issues for multiple sclerosis. Something many of us get to deal with. Their muscles and stuff. Uh, people with MS may experience some invisible symptoms. These are symptoms that may not be seen or noticed by others, but are felt in the body. In mild cases, spasticity may only be noticed by the person experienced it experiencing the issues. I know a lot of times I'll have my muscles going like crazy and you just can't see it or you barely see movement on the outside of the skin, but inside it, you can feel it going crazy. And I'll say something to the wife and you can't really show them that so they can understand it. It's basically tell them what your invisible issue is. 
people experiencing spasticity can have sudden uncontrolled muscle contractions or spasms. The degree of these spasms may vary from mild muscle stiffness to more severe and painful spasms. Spasticity generally occurs in the legs, but it can also appear in the lower back, joints, and other extremities. Spasticity problems are caused by damage to nerves in the brain or spinal cord and may affect a person's ability to maintain smooth muscle movement. For people with MS, the immune system attacks the central nervous system, including the protective coating around the nerves, called the myelin. Because the nerves aren't as well protected, they are more sensitive and may not send signals smoothly throughout our body. Normally, the muscles take turns relaxing and contracting, but when there is nerve damage, too many muscles can contract at the same time. This can lead to an involuntary bending of the hips or knees or a rigid straightening of the legs, which when my legs stiff up and stuff like that, I always got cramp issues that kick in right away too. So you get cramps, not like a normal muscle cramp. Uh, many of my cramps are, feel like they're inside the bone. They don't feel like they're a muscle. Uh, it's, it can feel like the leg bones themselves are being torn open. And it's just insane sometimes how bad they get. And then if you get them in both legs at the same time or getting the left leg, you know, jump, jump up out of bed or something, the right foot kicks in at the same time and basically can't stand and you got to fight with it. But yeah, it's... And then with the muscle spasms and stuff too a lot of times it feels like you got the shivers or you're cold or something like that like I did a fish fry and I had full body spasms for over six hours and that was before I was diagnosed so we thought it was just from being out in the cold put a half a dozen blankets on me and a heating pad and all that and I was still spasming out like crazy so had nothing to do with that it was all related to spasms but I just didn't know it at the time there are a number of things to consider that may help increase joint movements and flexibility while relieving spasticity since everyone's experience is different it's important to work on a personalized plan with your health healthcare team stretch your muscles one of the most effective ways to relieve spasticity is slow, controlled stretching that is held for up to a minute. If you have a physical therapist, they can set up a plan, a home plan for you with different exercise, different stretching exercises and stuff. Probably get you into doing a little rubber band work and stuff. Those are a big thing for the therapist. Uh, cooling devices or ice packs may also be used to help 
overstressed muscles. I know after a good hour therapy session, I'll sit there and if I don't get a needling done for pain, I'll end up getting iced up and later for like 10 minutes, just with the big old ice packs all over. Get in the water. Aquatic exercises can offer many benefits. The weightlessness, the weightlessness you experience helps take pressure off your muscles and joints so you can focus on stretching. Perfect water temperature is around 85 degrees, which is the first time I've ever heard that. But uh, yeah, my, my old neurologist was always trying to push water therapy on me, but they didn't have it available around me close enough. So I'd have to drive off a good hour, hour and a half to get anywhere to be able to do the water therapy. But it's so nice being able to do your workouts and stretching and all that in the water because it just takes so much off the body and a lot less with the body pains. And you just got to have access to those areas. And right now with the whole COVID thing and stuff, I'm guessing most of the pools aren't even open at the time. Practice relaxation. Techniques including gradual gradual tensing and relaxing of muscles can help. Also things like deep breathing exercises, meditation, and even acupuncture could help. It's like I haven't tried acupuncture yet, but I did the needling for my knee pains, which is talked about in the past, and that's helped a lot. I'd like to try the acupuncture or acupressure. Again, being in a small town, it's uh, search for places that do that are that are decent, and it's, it's find someone that's legit. <laughs> You can try an orthotic device, devices such as finger or toe spreaders, splints and braces that may help make it easier to keep your legs and other limbs in the right positions. These should be professionally fitted for you and ordered. I usually talk to your physician. He'll set you up an appointment with the orthotics. I got one coming up here. The next month or two, I think. That's mainly for my foot brace, for my crooked foot that I was born with. Which I'm hoping I can get it done. I just gotta, I'm trying to save up money. I can buy myself a foot brace and get my stupid teeth finished off. <coughs> but, uh, stuff's not cheap. And you buy one thing and you, you end up getting an orthotic shoe. You can get an orthotic insert. You can get all kinds of different things they got. So it's like you got to pick the right items. Work for your lifestyle at the moment the best. Uh, <clears throat> consider occupational therapy. Different from from Different from a physical therapist, an occupational therapist can give you individual tips, exercises, and home modifications to help make your daily life with spasticity easier. 
And there's even if you don't need a walker yet, but you're using a cane or something, doesn't hurt to have a walker for those times when you do have spasticity, cramping issues and stuff, and you're trying to stand up and you can't support yourself. And I'm constantly looking for something to grab onto. I know if I try and make one more step or whatever, I'm going to end up on the floor if I can't. Grab onto a bookshelf or rack or something nearby. So I have a walker. I don't know where I put it, though. I think it's buried in the garage. But even this last week, I stopped at my wife's pharmacy and I checked out a one of those seated walkers. That's another thing that I put on my future buy list. So I actually really like the way the one looked and worked. So I'm going to put that down the road and try it out. It's good to buy things ahead of time and get prepared for them. Whether you use them or not, you can always resell them down the road because no matter what, medical devices will always be used by someone. And surprisingly, they don't really go down in price unless you beat them up and get a lot of use out of them and stuff. And they're in decent shape. You can resell them if you don't use them for almost the same price that you bought them for. So I, I myself want to get the sitted walker. So if I ever do go places, I actually got something decent to take with me. To help with any walking issues and stuff like that. And I can take breaks and stuff. And it's got your carrier and everything on it if you need it. And if you got want, you can take your cane with and hang your cane on it and stuff like that. So, But uh, same with a wheelchair. It's like I pretty much know my future is going to have a wheelchair in it. So I kind of want to get one that I can modify and make make it to the way I want my lifestyle to be if I am in a wheelchair Uh, and I'm not going to be able to modify it later so I might as well get it and modify it now but again that's another big expense I'll have to wait till down down the road I did have someone give me a wheelchair but it was a old medical company's wheelchair and the thing just weighed so much wanted to I wanted to grind some of the weight off it and get rid of it but it's like they have some really nice equipment out there nowadays motorized ones the off-road ones and all that I'd rather just get something that's already got the lightweight frame and the modified tires and stuff and then I could just do the accessorize the basic setting up any type of compartment compartmental compartments and stuff like that on it and any other things to help me when I'm out and about. But you never know what you're going to need, so it's nice to have that the availability to take with you what you can. So the way the world's going, who knows, I might have to Mad Max it up and put some machine guns on it. Some tow hooks and all that type of thing on there 
who knows what this COVID life's going to turn out to be. And with the next election coming up, it's going to be a nightmare anyways. So. It's going to be a fun next few years. But, but yeah, I suggest. Yeah, it's good to have the mindset that I can do something to make my body better. I can get beyond this. There's going to be a cure. But right now, there ain't nothing. There are things that benefit us, and they are good to do. And in the long term, hopefully, they do benefit people all the way to the end, and they don't have to end up having certain devices. But I know my body. I know how I feel, and I know my mentality and everything as long as I don't have the severe pains I have right now I can get more done but right now with the pains I'm dealing with I cannot get the things done that I want to fully get with function functionality and all that stuff and try and get stuff around even stuff done around this house and everything it's just I've changed so much in the last year and a half that my body's just been taking a huge downward plunge. And with constantly getting my six-month medication one to two months late, not giving my body a chance to accept the medication and be used to the medication on a regular basis, so your body's basically weaning itself off the medication quickly and then you gotta get your body used to the medication again after it's weaned itself off it for a couple months because as many of us know that do like the six month infusions and stuff you get down to the last four to six weeks before your next infusion you can feel your body's losing the medication and your body starts to break down a little more or revert back to some of the issues that you forgot that you were dealing with just before the medication ended up doing anything for some of those issues, even though the Medicaid DMTs don't really do anything for our current issues. It's just made to prevent the future issues, but some of the DMTs do have things that help with a little body pain and fatigue and stuff like that. At least what I'm told. But the only thing I've ever seen anything that showed any type of change was just that little one or two day rush you get from the steroids that they inject into us. But, but yeah, I threw this podcast together so I can release it tomorrow while I'm sitting in the hospital getting it that clear bag of liquid pumped into me for six, eight hours. So just an extra bonus one I wanted to throw out there. And then I will get back to you again on Thursday and hopefully let you know how everything went with the infusion and everything. See if it goes good and see what the, COVID outlook is going to be like at this hospital. It's just a, another new hospital that I've never been to. So it's down by Lake Michigan Lakefront area. So 
Let's see what this is like. Hopefully there's not a bunch of COVID cases in there and I have to worry about that. Wear my mask, get my butt in my room, lock myself in for six to eight hours. Get the hell out of there. So. We'll talk to you again on Thursday and have a great day.